So we had a little predicament this last week, and Ooh. we're going to share it with you. And I still am a little unclear on some of these things. <laughs> we had a little tiff last week, folks. And we're going to share that with you on the other side, because I think it's going to be helpful. Because from this predicament, we discovered a secret ingredient. It's not so secret. <laughs> Two, having a tasty marriage. Is that what? a good tip? Nope. Okay. That's misleading. But we did discover something that helped us um, on all levels. So we will. I'm excited to share that on the other side. You ready to go? Let's go. Welcome to the Fierce Marriage Podcast, where we believe that marriage takes a fierce tenacity that never gives up and refuses to give in. Here we'll share openly and honestly about all things marriage, sex, communication, finances, priorities, purpose, and everything in between. Laugh, ponder, and join in on candid, gospel-centered conversations. This is Fierce Marriage. You didn't go with me to this other side. Isn't it amazing over here? Oh my goodness. Am I just too much right now? You just make it so weird. (laughs) Why do you have to make it weird? You know what? Some people might enjoy that. Go ahead and write in and tell us (laughs) that you enjoyed that that swoosh to the other side. You know what? Okay, you do that. A swoosh. You do that. Swoosh. All right, so. (laughs) Okay, so. This episode, it is painfully obvious, okay, what the thing is. That's why we haven't told you yet, because we want you You to listen. You don't even have the right rundown up. You need to go. He's got last week's rundown. Uh, See, this is how it goes, people. Mm -hmm. And so, one of the, (laughs) we had two (laughs) kind of falling outs. I don't want to say that. That's not too heavy. Just say predicament. That's what I've been using. We fought. We had two fights. One was about food. (laughs) <laughs> and one was about sex. But you're telling me it wasn't about food. So Well, one involved food, one involved sex, but neither of them had anything to do with food or sex. It was something else. This is my life, people. This yeah. is why I was like, huh? Yeah. So. Anyways, we'll get into that uh, shortly. But first of all, we want to say thank you up front to our listeners, raters, and reviewers. Yes, thank you. If you have listened, you have rated, and you have reviewed, thank you so much. Uh, if you haven't done that, please take mm. a moment to to rate and review us and leave a quick comment. It's always encouraging for not only us, but other listeners out there that are wondering what this is all about. Yeah. Uh, so thank you for that. If you want to support this podcast, you can do so via Patreon, patreon.com slash fierce marriage. Uh, that is one way to just link arms with us to see the gospel and marriage and family unit just moving forward together. Pray about it. Mm. Uh, be in agreement with your spouse and Yes, we may not always be able to be on the platforms that we're on right now without pain. So there are, this is a good way for you to just really tangibly yeah. partner with us and hopefully move into the future of whatever that looks like. It's all in God's control, but yeah. we are just um, preparing for that. It um, ensures our independence from yes. the powers that be. Oppression. N- naming- just kidding. Namely, big tech, and that uh, you know what these big tech guys aren't really—they don't really care don't about the gospel, care right? About, they, yeah. they care about what? Well, money, let's just leave it and there. They care about, just, yeah. They care about what the populace, whatever, mm. whatever the angry mob is telling them mm. to care about. So we're gonna so, leave that there. We're gonna keep talking about the gospel, no yes. matter what it costs our family. And yes. That's, um, that's <clears throat> take that to the bank. Take that to the bank. So jumping in real quick to our discussion here, we're just gonna get right to it. Yeah, you're fiery. We. Go for it. You're like, you're not fiery enough. <laughs> I didn't, I've this never said life. that to you. You're like, I have, you could use a little more enthusiasm. Let this be on the record. I have never <laughs> once told Selena Strike she's not the fiery enough. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So last week, just a quick recap. If you didn't hear it, we talked about narcissism and marriage, what it looks like, how it can affect us in our relationships, um, and how to combat it, right, in our yeah. marriage if, if one of us or our partner, our spouse's... Um, narcissistic uh there's a spectrum and there's a way to identify it and there's a way to uh move forward under biblical authority with it one thing we did that i want to jump in one thing we did is we contrasted it against uh, we didn't want to conflate the term selfishness and narcissism Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. narcissism is a more extreme version of selfishness yes but there are kind of we we contrasted in that we reminded ourselves and, and listeners that Narcissism is more where the person who's narcissistic tends to take on a more of an aggressor mm. role mm-hmm. in how those behaviors and habits manifest themselves within the relational dynamic. Yeah. Check it out, people. Check it out. Check it out. So, okay. Let's talk about the dinner predicament here. 
So <laughs> we're talking about how does how does how does the secret ingredient actually transform our marriage? Are we going to say it now? How or are we, we going to bury the lead? People. Uh, okay, it's love. All right, it's the secret <laughs> ingredient is love, and what we mean by that is there is this desire to be wanted and desire to be prioritized. It, we it's Thought innate about. in us. It's innate in us is because we it's it's like we've talked about many times now in the last few episodes. The Pharisees that would just pray, right, because they were trying to do Calling the right a thing. Pharisee? No. <laughs> <laughs> Go check out our manipulation episode. Are you done that to me That's or again. the listeners? I'm, I'm, I'm talking. Yes, I'm talking Both. to those. So <laughs> I was there. <laughs> they were praying, and they would do. They were they were saying the right words, but they were doing it without love or affection for God. They were mm. doing it for other reasons, um, whether to check it off a list or to be noticed or to feel better about themselves. Mm. It wasn't about just relying on worshiping the living God of the universe. Mm. So it's this secret ingredient that is love. And how does, okay, so how are we wired to desire that in marriage? So I will submit to you an illustration that is from our very real lives. Um, Wait, I think I'm, I should be doing this. Okay. I wrote this rundown again. So it's what you do. <clears throat> it's what I do. So our little predicament was dinner. Okay. We, it had been kind of a crazy day. It's hot. The sun sets right in front of our house, so it's really hot in our house. So we were outside. Kids were playing in the pool. I was talking to the neighbor, having fun. Ryan comes out at about four o'clock, and he's like, "Hey, what are you doing for dinner?" And I was like, "I don't know." No, 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 no. And no, no, you no, got no, a little no, no. like uh, attitude here. I did not. It was say a little that. pouty. <laughs> I said, little, "What do we have dinner plans?" That's what I said. I wasn't like, "What are you doing? What are you going to do for dinner?" That's not what I said. <laughs> No, what I said. You just said, "Hey, what are we doing for dinner?" No, you said, "What are you?" You, you said, "I said, what are you doing okay, for dinner?" Okay, well, that to me is very different. Okay, we are Wives one. And husbands are listening. We are one. Oh, <laughs> people listen to. It, they're like that chauvinist pig. No, his wife does that. not exist to make his meal. <laughs> I can hear him right now. <laughs> no, I said, "Do we have dinner? Do we have plans for dinner?" <laughs> and usually you do. And then you were like, you almost laughed. You almost laughed it off. You're like. No, it was like four forty-five. It was four o'clock. I was yes, because I was like, I haven't thought of it, but I know we have food in the house that I can make real quick, and we can put it together and have dinner, and it'll be great. Well, apparently then, that was not Ryan was not feeling very loved in that moment. No, okay, so we okay. discovered this because <laughs> I put, there's another part to this. I put some effort into this meal, but not as much as he was no, no, hoping no, no, for. No. Okay, okay, okay. Did we fight? Can Big I, time, people! Stop. I need to add some more to this. Big time. So I worked pretty late that day because we were, were under we were under a deadline. I come down at my work never ends. Fifteen. <laughs> I come down at five fifteen. So our office is above our garage, which is on the like one side of our house, which is right connected to the kitchen. And so I, when I say come down, I mean there's like five stairs. I walk down <laughs> five stairs, and I came into the kitchen, and you're carrying in your hands frozen chicken, and it's five. 20 5 30 yeah hello instapot hello okay. and that's great that's fine again it's not about the food we discussed that it was not I about said the food. under my breath i said well i was kind of hoping we could just have a, a nice it was not meal under your breath it was instead, very intentional okay, right, i said it to your face <laughs> i was like well i was kind of hoping we could we could do more than just fill the void that's what i said <laughs> remember still great on me <laughs> Because sometimes it feels like it was filling the void because we all both of us had had very intense days and it was mm. hot and it was crazy and it was a last minute like I have not prepared anything and he was like well what couldn't you think about it like driving in the car or something no. and like <laughs> this is how <laughs> this is very much unresolved apparently that's resolved it's just funny to retell it and you're like i'm feeding our family what else do you want from me and i'm like well it's not really about what you you can make you can make the exact same meal but if it felt like you had prioritized it and then i said what does that mean (laughs) what does it mean i'm making the meal right now seems like a priority (laughs) because i'm trying to feed the family because i love my family so like i felt like it was this moving target that i was just trying to like hit and I couldn't find it, and he couldn't really articulate it that well either. So, needless to say, what I went to Costco judge? at that moment because I was like, you know what, I'm done. So I took the baby. We went to Costco and got more frozen chicken and other well, you stuff. Put food in. The and I said, I was like, you figured dinner out. I was so mad. <laughs> 
And I was like, God, you can just help his heart to understand how <laughs> so wrong he classic. is. And I pray that you would just help us help him to know how wrong he is. So I was gone, you know, for like an hour, not even that long. And I come home and we just I just didn't talk to you. <laughs> I don't think we said another thing that night. No, because I was like. I'm not, I don't need to say anything. I love this family. I am putting food on the table, literally. No, you were mad at me because it was an affront to you. Your... It was a good dinner, and I was like, I don't understand. I'm making like good food. We have food that doesn't take that long to make, and <laughs> so it was really like it was a very unclear thing for us. It was clear to both of us, but it was very unclear to both of us. Like we didn't understand. We were missing each other, and. Again, and so we're, we'll talk about why it wasn't really about the food. What was the other example we had? Did, did you want to go there? No. The next, well, we talked about sex. How it's similar. It is similar, yeah, similar... because it can be, I, I think all the listeners would agree that sex can be very um, functional sometimes, and there's just like, you know, hey, we haven't been close in a while, let's let's do this, but like, not just the act, right, of doing it, but still connecting, right. but I think sometimes we struggle with like, okay, let's just check it off the list right and get it done whereas we had we were trying to have a moment and it was just failing yeah because of those that whole this whole ingredient of well there's a yeah there's a missing component and then what happens is one of us will usually i mean this is how fights go in general but around intimacy it tends to be a little bit more um emotional and intense and so one of us will spiral and then the other one's desperately trying to get them to not spiral <laughs> so that we can salvage yeah. Yeah. Uh, salvage our moment. And um, and it kind of caused a moment of introspection, okay? And we had just gotten some – we're getting around to, like, the, the thing. We had just gotten some books in the mail. So, yeah. So this was the next day, Ryan. We had gotten some books. We're big – the kids are big fans of Streganona by uh, Tommy DePaola. Pa- Paola? Sorry. Tommy DePaola. Uh, he, it's just this old Italian, it's a story about this old Italian lady and she has this magical pasta pot, right? And so the secret ingredient is love. So she blows three kisses to it and it like makes all this pasta. And then it's just, she has this whole like stregonona goes on vacation. She's got a harvest and birthday, all these kinds of things, you know, they just kind of five of them. Yeah. No, there's more than that, but she's, it's the kids love it. And we were, while we were trying to hash it out so this was like i think a wednesday and we had to record thursday or yeah. no it was a different day anyways we were we were going to record again and we we're like this is going to go great we have to act like we love each other and we're happy and everything's great and i don't even want to talk to you right we now just have these like really difficult moments yeah previously we just like went to bed and we were just frustrated with each other so this is real and raw people and this was weeks ago so it's not right now yeah yeah but and so we were talking, trying to kind of wrap our heads around. Okay, we can't. We we're not good fakers, so we get on the podcast and yeah. we're not. We're trying not to be phony. We're trying to be real and let our relationship be in a place of reality, not just. Yeah. Hey, we're performing now. No. And so we're sitting and talk about trying, trying to, to reconcile reconcil- it. Yeah. And I'm basically like, it's not happening today. I don't feel like talking about anything. <laughs> I feel like we are going to just phone it in and we're just going to figure it out some other day. And uh, and then I was like, you know what? Actually, there's. I had an epiphany as I was reading this book to the girls and that the secret ingredient is what we were, what we've been missing, what we've been talking about. So the whole thing with the food and the whole thing with intimacy or any conversation, it's really, there has to be love. And that sounds so obvious, right? But this is me, people. I was like, what? I made you food. I thought about it. But the issue- I didn't think about it as long as you wanted me to, but what no, I'm no. like, <laughs> still, so I laughed. No, I I was putting this thing but together. But you get, it, you get and it, I, it now, though, right? Like, you, it doesn't matter what yes. it is. It doesn't matter how long <laughs> it takes you to make. It doesn't matter. All that matters is, like, I wanted to... I had felt like in that moment, and again, I'm trying not to be high maintenance here, but I had felt like in that moment that here's the just the plain reality is it was a nice day. I was cooped up in the office all day working, staring at a silly computer screen, getting work done. for our, Like, we're a team. Right, you work in other ways around the home and the family, and I work in other ways to provide and all that kind of stuff. And I felt like at that moment we just were not this dinner. Which, by the way, I, I, as we've learned, I view dinner as kind of this daily, almost a celebration. I'd never articulated that to you, but I view it as mm. kind of this moment for us to come together. <laughs> and this was a moment, an opportunity to people. articulate See? it. It doesn't have to be some elaborate thing. It could be pizza, right? But it's a moment for our family to get together and really thank God. 
in kind of our actions, right? We pray and we thank God, but when, but also just to kind of celebrate, hey, we've made it through another day. It's another day we're alive and well. And he, he did articulate, you know, in our conversation, this was just a big point of like coming down and being with the family. And that was a big thing for him. And I was like, never heard that in 17 years, but okay, that's great. And I love that about you. I love that you're not just telling me, yeah. hey, why don't you try some new recipe books? Hey, why don't you try something else? But you were like, this is... You're helping me understand where you were coming from. Right. And you're like, it felt like it was thrown together. And I was like, I'm not denying that. <laughs> like that. But I didn't feel like my throwing it together was a lack of love in that in that right. sense. Um, so hopefully this is Please clear for our listeners. But I, yeah, I mean, I was fighting yeah. the thoughts of like, could, you know, why is he trying to control this? It feels a little misogynistic, you know, to want this, like, it felt like a big prepared meal. And I just, it, like, all my insecurities just kind of came out. And so then it's just like, yeah, of course, my walls are going to go up and I'm going to just be mean, right? And just not talk and silent treatment and well, all those things. And, but. And then uh, that's when we kind of go to our base <laughs> level of, oh, so you want me to make some massive Thanksgiving dinner every night? That's what you want. <laughs> and. We have a baby. Okay. So. <laughs> I, I don't want I don't want listeners to hear this and say, "Oh wow, he expects this." Like, no, 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 and you don't have like to defend George yourself. Banks experience every no. night. I come home, my sherry and pipe are due <laughs> at six o two. Splendid is the life I lead. That's not so. I was trying to articulate where I had and and mind you, okay, and I. This is you are articulating this. the value that you place and that you see and that you hold right. around mealtime, and that is good. That is what I did not hear because of the way you opened <laughs> okay, that door. We're arguing about that. <laughs> no, I'm not arguing. I'm saying that I didn't hear that, and that and, was because it was. Yeah, we're like 16 minutes in, so let's. So, well, people are hopefully hopefully this is helpful. And another thing, I just want to. So when I had said that in the kitchen the first time, I just want some. I, don't, I, I was hoping for something that wouldn't just fill the void. I wasn't trying to open this big can of worms. What happened was you heard me say that, and you were like. What do you mean, fill the void? <laughs> I'm I the greatest said, are, good you ever seen. I was like, are you really saying this right now? Like, are you, And so you, you felt like I was being very ungrateful. And mm. then, but I felt <laughs> like underappreciated. And so we had to work through that. And so I had to learn, to, okay, this is, Selena's heart was not, she's not saying she doesn't love our family. I'm by throwing cereal at you. <laughs> Although, Again, yum. It's not, <laughs> not about the food. Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Um yeah, and so I had to, and so we had to learn to say, okay, here's here's what you're trying to say. Here's what I'm trying it to felt, say. Yeah, it felt like I was checking the list, and you were like, "Can we do this in love, <laughs> and not just check the list?" Because you had a lot of expectations, and and for yeah. that, and that's okay. That's what I'm saying is, mm. so so looking at our marriage, right? How can we how can we do things with that secret ingredient that Streganona has? Like, how can we do things with mm. more love? Yeah. So. It's, it's And it's not, I mean, if you're honest, it's not easy. For me, it felt challenging to try and and do something maybe new or something that really showed him that I was being thoughtful about things. But to be honest, the more I tried, like I bought some recipe books after I got rid of like 20 of them, but I got, you know, the Magnolia ones because I was like, ah, she seems like she knows what she's doing. <laughs> Obviously. Proof's in the pudding. For sure. And... So we're trying some new things, and that actually got me excited because I don't feel like I'm a very good cook. I kind of, and that's so there's insecurities there. So I was like, okay, this I feel like we're a team. This is not just me trying to think of new meals, but this is me showing my husband love in a way that he really experiences it. Also, I'm kind of trying new things and trying to be brave in that in that way and let the discomfort just kind of be where it's going to be until I grow out of it. Um, but also we're making this new meal and like our, our kids can help and we can do this together and it's, yeah. I, and then I read like the intro to the Magnolia books and they're like, dinner is more than just a meal. And I was like, how does she know this stuff? Like, this is what we're arguing about right now. Like it was so, it was just great. It was, it was a good fight to go through. But so. So part of this, part of the reason is that it's the season we're in with the kids, the ages they are, our youngest is nine months old and she is pretty needy at the moment. She's. She's, she's teething like a like mouthful crazy. of teeth coming in all at once. And so part of it is there was a moment in time. So yeah. in general, this is, I think, where I was trying to contrast is that in general, our families, we we feel very loved and that's, that's a prevalent thing. Mm. But I just want to throw some other examples out there. So like if we were to have a conversation and we're talking and communication is, a, communication mm. is imperative for any couple to connect, particularly for Selena to feel connected 
we need to have time to communicate and laugh and be together and share our intimate thoughts and pass through and things and talk and about the things of God yeah. yeah, and talk through life. And, but if I'm sitting on the couch, the kids are asleep and I'm just like sitting there, I'm not engaging. I'm not listening. Well, I'm not asking quite, I'm not offering that to me is the equivalent of like, I'm sitting here talking. What else do you want from me? Like <laughs> we're having a conversation. <laughs> I'm here. Like I'm here. How, how else can up. I love you? Right. right. And you would say, I can't explain that. I just don't feel like you're loving me right now, right? Because there's not the secret ingredient of engagement, of love, of attention, of affection. Mm. And that to me is, affection to me is the word that really encapsulates it really well. I Hmm. I was playing around with the word engagement. engagement. Uh, We've played around with the word um, attention. What was the other word I saw in here? Motivation. Yeah. Like, what is the fuel? Yeah, but, and thoughtfulness was the other one. Thoughtfulness. But really affection, to me, affection fuels that because everybody knows like there's always this question okay you love your spouse but do you like your spouse Mm. right and people say well uh, that's the thought that counts and why does the thought count because thoughts if someone displays thoughtfulness premeditation Mm -hmm. in these things like if i were to plan some elaborate date day with you you would feel affection because you know what it takes Mm -hmm. to do that the premeditation of it and the thoughtfulness of it that's why the thought counts right so that's why sitting in a conversation, it, you want to feel like I in, am enjoying your presence. And that's that's when we talked early on about the Pharisees. That's kind of the innate part of us is we want that relationship that that results from mutual affection. Right. And that's the, the heart of worship, right? Is I right. love God. I want to worship him. I admire him. I'm stirring my affections mm. for him. And so kind of stirring our affections for our spouse is a way to always be adding this quote unquote secret, not so secret ingredient Mm -hmm. of love and affection and all that kind of stuff. So, well, and I might jump around in this rundown. So just try to keep up, Ryan, but, um, (laughs) I'm always trying to keep up. with you. (laughs) No, I think that, you know, the struggle really lies in how it feels like a burden sometimes. I mean, if we're just honest, it feels like a burden to try to like, figure out how to love our spouse in a way that communicates that to them to engage. Um, But the thing about it is, is that I think it feels that way initially because it feels new. It feels unfamiliar. I don't understand it. Um, And it's, it's a new, it may not be coming from like from our union with Christ, like our motivation, that fierce tenacity, right? The fuel that, that, that fears fuels our fierce tenacity to like never give up and never give in comes from that union with Christ. And, and it's his redemption of our souls that we're then given that new direction, right? That, that, and I'm, I'm reading this book called total truth by Nancy Piercy. I fully highly recommend it. She's incredible. Um, but she said, redemption is a comprehend is as comprehensive as creation and fall. God does not save our souls while leaving our minds to function on their own. He redeems the whole person. Conversion is meant to give new direction to our thoughts, emotions, wills, and habits. So I'm thinking about, you know, Christian wife, I believe in God. We live our lives and model our lives after and under the authority um, of the Bible. So how is how is my day to how are my day-to-day habits being impacted by the my conversion right Mm. how and this is this is i feel like one of the main ways is being not only engaged and thoughtful but allowing that to not allowing it asking god for it to be an overflow from my relationship this could easily descend into a form of legalism and i I want to speak against that uh you had said uh a few minutes ago you had said that it starts to feel like a chore, mm. an obligation. Right. And that becomes an oppressive thing, right? Right. And so I I would contend that the uh, that feeling that way is completely fine. And <clears throat> as for a generous, being generous toward each other, being charitable toward each other and being understanding is key. Yeah. Because you could come, to, to me, that's a thousand times better if you come to me and say, man, I I feel like this is an, I know that dinner is important. I know that you want to feel loved in this way. It feels like I'm just gritting my teeth right now because I've got all this other stuff going on. Yeah, I don't have the bandwidth hard for it. Season, yeah. Honestly, enough said, like let's order dinner because I feel loved because you, because we're, you're thinking about it mm. and you've thought about us and that, and the, and there are days when I prepare dinner as well, right? Like probably, mm, I'm just kidding. Yeah. You do it a lot. You're great. And breakfast. And uh, it's like kind of whoever, <laughs> whoever gets up does breakfast, you know, whoever gets up first. 
And so the point I'm trying to make is, and I said this a few weeks back, but apathy to me is so much worse than, than opposition Mm. in that I, I think our fight had stirred, had stemmed from a place where I felt like you were apathetic toward this moment in our, in our day and this priority that I viewed as a priority. You were apathetic toward, you weren't apathetic. You were, you had, you had a plan. You just had not put any teeth to that plan yet. And that's where the fight started. But that's what I felt. And right. so I think all this to say, I don't want this to be a, a thing that all wives yeah. and husbands hear this and say, all right, I have to be, I have to add the secret ingredient. I have to do this with effort and, and no, affection every time. No, and that's what time. we're highlighting right that now. That becomes legalism. Yep. And this is what we're highlighting right now is yeah. that this is a response, like an overflow of your relationship, your union with Christ and all the redemptive conversional work that he is doing through sanctification daily, right? This is how we are understanding mm. love. This is, I mean, I, yeah. I, I'm going to jump here real quick. First Corinthians 13. I just look at the first verse, the way of love, right? If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging symbol. This is exactly it. Uh-huh. Exactly it. If I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains but have not love, I am nothing. So that's where we get the whole dichotomy between speaking truth with love. Like people who think they can't speak truth and be loving, it's really hard to do. Well, the bottom, the problem is, is that we often don't love the way we're shown how to love in Scripture and with an affection for the person we're trying to reveal this truth to, an affection for them, mm-hmm. a desirous, like longing for them to be enlightened in this way with right. this truth and i yeah i, I see, it's an that's agape where, love that's where marriage is so awesome because there are moments where you can be generous to me because we'll be talking and, I, and i'll it'll be on the couch and i'll say listen i'm sorry i can't give to you more right now i'm super tired or i'm just spent for the day or i'm just emotionally i'm not here you can then choose you can say i need you to step up to the plate and if you don't, we're going to have a problem because I need this. And, and, it's, and that's, I think that's okay for sometimes for the spouse to mm-hmm. say that. Or you can say, I get it. I understand. How can I help you? Mm-hmm. How can I now pour into you? Right. And, and you we can't do, do that from a place of self. Like we right. can't do that. We can make that choice. I can say yeah. that God has given us the ability to make that choice. Um, but I do think that it comes from we can only make that choice because we see that that choice is there, which is by God's grace. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and his, and our understanding of the gospel and our understanding of love. So, yeah. so <clears throat> excuse me, uh, talking about love, there are different kinds of love that are mentioned in the Bible. Um, the Eros and Storge, they're not express. They don't expressly appear in the Bible, but they are. The Eros is, you know, a passion or sexual love. It's the source of the English word erotic. While Eros is important within a marriage relationship, um, it's created by God. It can also be abused or mistaken for Storge love, which is an affectionate love, the type of love one might have for a family or spouse. It is naturally occurring, unforced type of love. So those are the Greek terms. But the ones that we see more in the Bible are, are agape and phileo. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, agape is, speaks to the most powerful, noblest type of love. This is um, from one of the articles we were reading uh, on Got Questions. But agape love is more than a feeling. It is an act of the will. This is the love that God has for his people and that prompted the sacrifice of his only son, Jesus, for our sins. Jesus was agape love personified. Christians are to love one another with agape love as seen in Christ. The phileo type of love, which I think we are called to also, is is refers to brotherly love and is often exhibited in a close friendship. So best friends will display this generous and affectionate love for each other as each seeks to make the other happy. Um, we see this in David and Jonathan. You know, after David uh, had finished talking with Saul, Jonathan became one in spirit with David. They loved each other as, you know, best friends and brothers would love each other. Um, since phileo love involves feelings of warmth and affection towards another person, we do not have phileo love towards our enemies, which is interesting, right? We have agape love towards them. However, God huh, commands yeah. us to have agape love towards everyone. This includes those whose personalities clash with ours and who's hurt, who hurt us or treat us badly or who are even hostile to our faith. Um, in time, as we follow God's example of agape love for our enemies, we may even begin to experience phileo love for some of them as we start to see them through God's eyes. So I feel like that is something that kind of happened with you and I is that, I mean, I, I, I feel like 
the Lord has allowed us to develop agape love and the phileo love of in that moment, I was not having the feelings of love, right? That, that can stem from love, not the feelings of love, but the feelings that can come from, uh, this, this affection towards each other. But the more that I kind of pressed into that agape love of an act of the will, choosing to try to work towards seeing what you're saying and not just shutting the door or giving up, that is where I feel like God is able to bring us together and reconcile. And that's where I feel like we can meet on common ground is when I'm saying, okay, I don't have these feelings of love. I don't have this warm affection of phileo love, but God has commanded me to have agape love towards everyone. So this is an act of the will (laughs) and I'm going to, I'm going to choose that and press into that. I would, that uh, a preaching, sorry. Well, okay. Okay. Oh dear. This has been our dialogue over the last two weeks because I, I'm always like, Yes, and. Yes, but. Yes, but. So All right. to me, it's different in marriage. Okay, so there is a sense that I love you and that's never going to change. Yes. And that is kind of, to me, that can start to feel, if that doesn't have accompanying affections, mm-hmm. then it starts to feel cold. And okay. it starts to feel like a duty more than a joy. Right. More than a desire. Yeah. And that's that's where I want to really tease it out because... I mean, it's the old adage, right? And the husband, uh, a wife says, I don't feel like you love me anymore. And the husband <laughs> says, hey, I said, I loved you on our wedding day. I'll tell you if something changes, uh-huh. right? Nobody wants to live in that kind of marriage. <laughs> right. People want to have connection, right? There's the people need the doctrine. They need the mm. under, shared understanding. That is, we both understand God's vision of love and his example of love and his, what love is. We understand that's the, we need to believe we need to have that together. Mm-hmm. We need tools for when and how to love each other well, things like five love languages, all that kind of stuff. But there needs to be connection. And so without affection, you can't have connection. Mm. Um, that'll tweet. <laughs> um, do you see what I'm saying? So yes. that's, that's how I'm trying to tease that out because we do have agape love for each other. We do we do show each other different types of you know love in the Greek words and all that kind of stuff. But that's to me is where our conflict arose. And I think that's where a lot of husbands and wives can feel like their marriage is lacking mm-hmm. is because there's not this shared affection of giving of one another. I mean, I, that's why you go on dates, right? So that you can have a moment where you can stir your affections mm-hmm. for each other. That's why you plan. Th- that's why you buy each other gifts that are unsolicited. That's why you serve each other in an unexpected way is because you will feel that you're giving them a gift of your affection. Right. Well, and, and love the way God has instructed us, which we'll read in first Corinthians 13 again, it augments, I think everything it, it augments the, the acts of service, right? It, it, when that secret ingredient, it just makes it better. It makes it better when I'm patient with you, (laughs) when I'm kind with you, when I do not envy or boast, you know, what's great about your life and not great about mine, when I'm not arrogant or rude, like that makes, God is not, go ahead. Here's a good example. I mean, I'm thinking of, I go downstairs, uh, maybe after lunch or something and I do the dishes and I walk into the living room where you're, t- you know, teaching the kids or you're, you're doing some craft or you're reading to them. There, I did the <laughs> dishes. You happy? So awesome. Well, I'd be like, yes, babe. Thank you. No, but if I came <laughs> no, down I'm and kidding. I was like, did the dishes mm-hmm. feel better now? And, and I had that kind of that. <sighs> okay. Would you feel loved? Right. The act of service was the same. Right. Or if I just came down, quietly did them and then quietly left. And then you walked into the kitchen and you were like, oh, wow. Thank you. <laughs> You know, the dish fairy does exist. <laughs> I'm using that example. That's a very kind of old timey example. But any way that you could serve your spouse, right? Right. right. Do you feel it, how you go about doing the thing matters? Is what I'm trying to say. Yes. As opposed to just doing the thing, and that to me is the secret ingredient, and that's mm. the thoughtfulness, and that is what we are, I think, aiming for. Does the secret? Does that always dictate if the choice to love? No, because sometimes you just have to do the thing that's loving, even though you don't feel like it. You don't. It, it bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, right. endures all things. Yeah, it does not rejoice at wrongdoing. So I just wanted. I kind of wanted to like exegete that part okay. of scripture, but I yeah. Do you want me to read all thirteen verses again, or not? Maybe not all thirteen. I just start and see where see where it takes us. I'm fine with that. We we have a little bit of time. Going through starting at one. Yeah. Or uh, where are you? <laughs> Verse thirteen. <laughs> uh, no, it's, that's chapter thirteen. 
Okay, do what you're going to do. I, if I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. If I give away all I have, and if I deliver up my body to be burned, but have not love, I gain nothing. Love is patient and kind. Hmm. Love does not envy, does not boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. As for prophecies, they will pass away. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part, but when the perfect comes, the partial will pass away. When I was a child, I spoke like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I gave up childish ways. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part that I shall know fully. Then I shall know fully, even as I have been fully known. So now faith, hope, and love abide these three, but the greatest of these is love. Noah last week, so uh, one of our elders was speaking, and it was just fire. I mean, it was awesome. I would recommend it. Go to Gospel Life Church and look up this last week's sermon on, um, it was basically loving one another and how will, how will the world know that you as you are believers and it's like your love for one another and how he was encouraging the church that we all, through this pandemic, through these disconnections, we're all, and the political climate, everything, it's, it's become a lot, there's lots of dividing points amongst churchgoers, believers, yeah. And he, we are in the book of Galatians, I believe, or was it Thess- Thessalonians? I think it was, I don't know. He read out of both of them. I'm sorry. Yeah, but what, he, Thessalonians, that's what, I was what he was saying is that the world, he's like, I've got friends that, you know, they'll do meal trains. They're unbelieving friends. They'll do meal trains for, you know, people that have new, new babies, all of that. I have non-believing friends that will come help me with my house or do something like that. He said the difference between like a believing friend and a non-believing friend is that I can disagree with my believer friend my christian friend and we can still love each other still love each other we can still work through these hard things and that is and that is how the like people that are unbelievers or that are outside the church will say wow they disagree on some of these things but they're still in relationship with each other and they're still communicating with each other and that is love like god is calling us not only to be like him but to also I'm trying to, sorry. Be so aware of its overtness and its, yes. and its uniqueness to the Christian faith. And what it what, says to the, the that message that it's through. sending. Yes. Can, to, we can work through hard things unlike any other people. Yes. Group, thank you. Because we have a foundation that is immovable mm-hmm. and a, an affection that is shared for Christ that is so profound that everything else is dwarfed around it. Mm. That our differences, but be they political, be they whatever. Yeah. If we have, if we share the same affection for Christ, right, uh, we can remain in relationship. Or in a secular context, you would say, "Well, that person's canceled in my life. Mm. I'm not going to hang around them. They don't. They're they're bigots or they're whatever, whatever yeah. the whatever the the pejorative the dialogue is. is yeah. Um, it's worth noting here. Um, Paul was speaking to the Corinthians. So Corinth is a was, was a, a very hub, yeah. worldly place. It was a it was a hub kind of between land masses and between bodies of water. So it was kind of right in the middle of all this commerce that had been happening, but it also was at the foot of um, this hi- a hill where they had the temple to, I forget her, is it a, th- I don't know, it's not, not Athena. And so they had uh, kind of this skewed, they had all these, uh, all these kind of deviant things, behaviors and expressions of the faith as a result of the worldliness of their culture. Mm. So Paul was correcting, namely, their expressions and their beliefs and their definitions of love. Sounds pretty relevant today. Mm-hmm. We have very, we live in a worldly time. Um, we live in a time when uh, the things of God are not popular. So having our our minds and our hearts adjusted in this way. Mm is exactly what Paul was doing. And so I love I love what he says. I mean, he's all mysteries and all knowledge and all powers. If I have all faith to remove mountains and have not love, I am nothing. Mm. And so is he talking about here, um, you know, we, we talk about how love is an action. 
right? Love is a choice. Love is an objective thing. We don't fall into love. We choose to love one another. It also is a fruit of the spirit that's produced in us. It is a fruit of the spirit. And that's where I want to play around. I mean, I, I think he's talking about more than just the choice to love. He's talking about a genuine affection for one another. Right. That, that looks like affection. And it can only come from Christ. And it is an overflow can, of, yeah, yeah of, of that the deep gospel at work. Gospel transformation. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So biblical love is selfless, not narcissistic. Had to throw that in there from last week. It costs us something. Um, the love of God cost him himself, right? Mm. There was a sacrificial part of himself. It comes again from this union that we have in Christ daily. He is sanctifying us. He's growing and redeeming us in how we think and act and love towards our spouse, towards our children, towards people in our life. Um, you know, we talked about the fruit of the Holy Spirit and how it is the Holy Spirit is at work in our lives and producing these ways of love. I don't think, I don't feel like I was a good I didn't love you the best I could when we first got married. I did for what I knew, but as we spend more time together, as we grow in life together, and as we go through the things that we go through, I feel like the Lord has, I don't feel like, the Lord has absolutely taught me how to love you well hmm. and for who you are, weaknesses, strengths, all of the above. And of course, we're going to have these clashes. We're only human, but it's in those clashes mm. that I have this reassurance of, Okay, we're going to work through this because we're in a covenant. You're not going to go anywhere. We're mad at each other. I wish we didn't have to be mad at each other, but I'm also like, you need to apologize <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because we're just working through it. And sorry, you're going to say something? Yeah. Well, the more we talk about it, the more it is clarified to me. And mm-hmm. it's what we're talking about here is the contrast between duty and desire. Mm-hmm. And duty is fine. Duty sometimes has to trump desire. To, to be, no, well, Okay, yeah. Sometimes it has to be the thing that sails the ship. Mm. But duty is always a substitute for desire. It's not the main thing. Desire should be the thing that the is driver. driving us. Mm. And that's what we always talk about. How the gospel transform us. Why, how does it transform us? It puts into full light the goodness of God because of his greatness, his holiness, his, his highness, mm. and our lowness, mm-hmm. our unholiness, our tininess. And so for Jesus to do what he did has one result other than saving us. It makes us love God. Mm. And so that's why John Piper, his whole thing is Christian hedonism, right? Which is hedonism is doing what you want to do because you want to do it, right? Mm. Christian hedonism is the idea of, well, his refrain is, God is most glorified in me when I'm most satisfied in him, mm. when he is all that I want and all that I chase and God is most glorified. So therefore the life of the Christian is to want and to desire God more than anything else. There's a quote from C.S. Lewis, I think speaks to this really well. A perfect man would never act from a sense of duty. He'd always want the right thing more than the wrong one. Duty is only a substitute for love of God mm. and of other people. Like a crutch, which is a substitute for a leg. Most of us need the crutch at times, but of course, it is idiotic to use the crutch when our own legs, our own loves, tastes, habits, etc., can do the journey on their own. Hmm. That to me is so. You in, to bring it back to full circle around to kind of what is a tangible outworking in marriage? Okay, so there are times when I do things out of duty, or you do things out of duty. The dinner example is just one of those examples, right? You you knew that. It, it was your night to do it. You were going to do it. Your duty was going to be fulfilled and the bellies were going to be fulfilled, filled. I mean, <laughs> the desire, you weren't desiring to create a meal experience for our family or you were, I don't want to put that in. You, you were, but <laughs> I'm not you, trying to stare daggers. I'm like, well, but yes, no, it's so you see the yeah. difference. So uh, intimacy is always this way. All right. Yeah. If, if you're having a hard time connecting in bed, Right. This is why pornography will never work because it's always it's just completely around the physical, the, the physical, and there's it's no the connection. Of, yeah. There's no desiring of another person. It's right. complete ob- objectifying and using of another human being to gratify some fleshly physiological desire. Mm-hmm. We learned last week that is rooted in narcissism. Yes. So and pride, intimacy. If if a wife feels like her husband is 
not loving her during sex, it's probably because, uh, or if a husband's not feeling, it could go either way, but if there's just duty happening versus a desire of another person, I mean, Mm -hmm. think about the best time you and your spouse have ever been close. It's because both of you are just in this rapturous state of desire for one another. And it's a mutual shared desire. That's why intimacy is so awesome Mm -hmm. at times. There are times when one desires and the other one's fulfilling a duty and we talked about the spectrum of sex and as long as you're on the same page and and there's a yeah there's a mutual again ex- it's not a legalistic thing. love that's, right that's where i want to contrast because selena could say hey i love you you know i love you but right now like i'm tired but i know this duty needs to happen and if i'm charitable toward her i'll say i understand hey we can wait or we can like we can just get down to business and then we can go to sleep mm-hmm. and and you're usually like whatever like like we're just we try to give to each other in yeah. those moments when yeah. we don't we don't share the desire right. right yeah yeah more often than not it's you're it's you're the desiring one and i'm <laughs> you're I'm always like, tired girl why are you so thirsty <laughs> you didn't <laughs> oh That's some friends are gonna get a laugh out of that oh my goodness so anyways how can, looking ahead tangibly speaking just briefly how can we um how can we be more loving towards one another? It sounds so simple, but <laughs> apparently it can be very difficult, right? Um, I would say, we would say start with prayer. Pray for your des- your desire for your spouse to grow um, and in turn learn to like want your spouse. We, I think we did a whole episode on your spouse, like your standard of beauty or your standard of desire. Pray right. and stir your affections Um even if you feel like things are great, just Lord, help me to desire my spouse in new ways and help our marriage, help us to like mutually experience that together. And uh, pray for a recognition of areas where you might be checking the boxes rather than engaging, right? Are, are there are there habitual times that you are just checking the boxes, trying to get through the day? And there are seasons for that. We are the first to say there are seasons for certain tasks to feel more dutiful than desire driven but i would say on a whole um ask the holy spirit to lead and guide you and how you can be desire driven uh and engaged um on a biblical from a biblical perspective obviously under that not just like whatever desires you know go after them and then of course being god's word it's alive it's sharp it has everything we need to know um and it's more than we than yeah sorry it has everything we need to know uh to live this life and to be married the way god has purpose and designed for us for um become familiar with the overarching themes of love i feel like the i hate saying i feel like i feel like when i'm familiar with the the bigger themes in the bible it really puts into context all of scripture um and memorize scripture together get it in your heart know it more than you know anything else I think there is no better time to be committing um, scripture to memory and to our hearts. Uh, I would lead into the couple's conversation challenge with, with this ask and reflect what are areas in your marriage that you feel like could be Mm. more driven by desire and less by duty Mm. and how can those desires begin to be transformed by praying and being in the word. Okay. So have that conversation with each other hmm. and try to, try to go to it with a, this could be really explosive, right? It could be hard to have that conversation because you could say to your spouse, I feel like you just do this because you have to, but you don't really care that it's actually helping our family. Yeah. Right. It's or, not easy conversations. So just uh, maybe, but... I don't know how to have the conversation, but just maybe bring it up, <laughs> bring up the topic of, Basically, with this, duty is a substitute for desire. Where Where is duty driving the, the ship more than desire is? Mm. And how can our desires be informed by the priorities of God? Yeah. And so, that, I mean, that's when we, uh, that's why we talked about a few weeks ago, um, respect. And mm. respect is the result of seeing your spouse rightly, seeing your spouse the way God sees your spouse, somebody he's made, somebody he's made and his image of equal value worth and importance Mm. what that does so when you calibrate your thinking with gods in that in that way it completely informs like i now want to treat you so so well because god has put so much value he's just i'm starting to align my thinking with god's thinking right and so that's how the god's word 
transforms our desires right. as we start to align our, our thinking with his own. My yeah. wife's not just a person that I happen to get hitched to and we have kids with and we live in a house. To, no, she's a gift. Mm. She is a child of God. She is the mother of my children. She is all these things. And so you start to stir your affections mm -hmm. and your desires start to come to the forefront. Mm. That's a beautiful thing. So have that conversation. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> you want to pray? Sure. Okay. <laughs> I was like, you won't regret it. I, I think I don't regret that fight or that conversation because it did cause me to grow in a lot of ways. Both of us, right? Was Absolutely. Because I learned, I mean, I learned how to we, we, this is a new articulated thing in our family, but yeah. it's also, I, I learned a, a way that I can kind of attribute thoughts to you that you didn't think mm. because I feel misunderstood. Does that make sense? Yeah. So it's like you, you clearly don't care about our family because you didn't think about this for more than 30 seconds. And that wasn't true. Mm. You do care about our family. So that was really about productive. For one minute. <laughs> <laughs> that was kidding. productive for us, I feel like. So yes. hopefully people don't see this as a... No. We kind of worked out some of this stuff in real time. Um, That's good for people to hear. I hope so. So <laughs> you're going to pray. Oh, thanks. God, thank you so much for all that you've given us. Um, you, Your love humbles us. It leads us. It guides us. Um it instructs us, Father, help us to submit uh, where duty is, be is being the driver. God, help us to submit and to allow your desires. God, help us to desire your desires for our marriage, mm -hmm. for our spouse, yeah. um, for the way that we think and love. Think about them, how we love them, how we engage with them. Father, I pray that um, you would drive those desires and that it, although it may start with duty, God, that the desires would grow and they would deepen. Um, thank you for your love, God. Your love is so good, so new, so refreshing, and so correcting and instructive. We love you, Lord, in your name. Amen. Amen. A uh, quick resource here. If you want to take this conversation even further, check out 31daypursuit.com. It's a husband and wife devotional pair, and it's all about pursuing each other as Christ has pursued us. Mm. And what happens is you end up doing lots of things that take you out of your comfort zone, but inevitably it's like working a muscle. You get stronger. Your desire gets stronger. Mm. You start to have the feelings, the affection of love by doing the actions of love. Mm. So uh, 31daypursuit.com. I'm actually having a sale. Check that out. Hopefully it helps you. Hopefully it blesses your marriage. Um, other than that, ladies and gentlemen, once again, thank you for listening to the Fierce Marriage Podcast. This episode is... In the can. Until next time. Stay fierce. Thank you for listening to the Fierce Marriage Podcast. For more resources for your marriage, please visit FierceMarriage.com or you can find us with our handle at Fierce Marriage on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thank you so much for listening. We hope it's a pleasant. Take care.